When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Hi, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. I'm Whitney Wiley. And I am Greer McVeigh. How are you, Whitney? I'm fabulous. How are you today? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I, I really am. If I say it enough, maybe you or I will start to believe it. You look good, if that helps. Oh, thank you. I, I'll, I know, I'll yeah, I know things you. are I'll going just... on, right? You've got your <laughs> well, son home from school for the holidays. Yes, it's, it is so, it, it, well, it's wonderful having him home. Let me just, let me say that he'll probably listen. So I don't ever want, want it to come across like I'm not happy about it. I didn't realize though, how much, you know, not having him, how, how much I've changed since he went away to school, right? It's right. like, you know, oh, I get to do my own thing. And then my, you know, in your own- You're thing. an empty nester. And so an it's empty just nester. you. And then someone comes along is in your space and you have to readjust again. Exactly. But the, but asking like, oh, well, what's for dinner? I'm like, I don't Captain Crunch. What do you think? What do you mean? What's for dinner? <laughs> what, ice cream, this Hawking dog's in there. That's what's for dinner. And so I, you know, it's like, okay, I, I got to wrap my head back around you know. And sure. just when you get used to that, he'll be heading back to school, right? Exactly. So, and how do you do it? I mean, you work from home. You have a husband, you have a dog who I sometimes do. makes cameos in our podcast. He does, he does <laughs> make clicking cameos in the episode. <laughs> yeah, I can hear his little, his nails on the, on the hardwood floor. What, how do you even, how do you balance that? I, have just asked for cooperation as mm. <laughs> I start there. And then I have learned, I really have learned. And I will say this, this is, has been the biggest lesson of marriage for me is grace, mm, forgiveness, okay. and not for like huge transgressions. It's just the everyday things of life right and you know, I think grace. I'd be a little offended if somebody told me yeah Greer you know what I'm gonna forgive you I'm gonna give you <laughs> I'm gonna show you grace like, I show you grace all the time what are you talking about 
Yeah, yeah, don't. You don't need to <laughs> forgive me. I show you grace all the time. But it's Go not ahead. just grace for other people. It's grace for myself as well, right? Patience okay. and grace. And it's just part of the process. And it's part of being in relationship with other people. Yeah, I like being alone. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, 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 I say that. I, I, I kid. Okay. But yeah, there is something, you know, I will say this. While I like sort of, you know, having my own time, it, especially right now during this whole coronavirus and, um, you know, and, the, and us needing to shelter in place, the, so, the isolation that can come with that mm -hmm. and the more you get used to it and mm -hmm. accustomed to it, it becomes harder and harder to open back up or to let other people in your space. So it's probably good that I don't have any more time than you know a semester. <laughs> I certainly under no, I certainly understand that, right? You know, the the my experience, which is going to actually lead into um, our guests for today, but you know, my experience with um, losing Theron and mm -hmm. being you know, a sudden empty nester, someone who I was single mm -hmm. at the time when Theron passed away. And um, all of a sudden I found myself alone and not having to answer to anyone, not having to worry about anyone's coming or going. Um, but at that time wanting to be in a relationship with someone. And I had a moment where I wondered if after being single so long, if I would be able to do it. And so I got a dog, which is why Einstein, <laughs> which is why I have Einstein is because yeah. I felt like I needed to move into a space where I was caring for someone. I was un, a, 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 sort of answering to, right? Mm -hmm. Looking out for yeah. someone. You have and it to wasn't just about and me. Yeah. And take care of someone else yes. and not just yeah. focus on your spouse. Yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. not recommending that you or our I, listener I get will a dog. not get a dog. <laughs> I love <laughs> dogs, love cats, love pets. We've always had them, you know, from snakes, tarantulas, the mice that we bred for the snakes, the cats, the dogs, all of that. I love them dearly. I just, I don't want one. If yeah, I I'm not one, recommending I, one do that, but recognize, I think risk. the key is recognizing that that's an issue, right? Yeah. And so the way that sort of segues into our <laughs> guests for today is that I have on more than one occasion shared the part of my story that involves um, Theron's death. And I am a part of a new project that will be launching on um, December 16th. And it is as a contributing author to um, Women Who Empower. And so we have with us today, the publisher of that book, Kate Butler from Kate Butler Books. And um, Kate has a series that is called, um, uh, inspiring impact. And so Women Who Empower is part of that book series. And so Kate's going to come and share with us a little bit about her story and how she has turned um, 
some of the challenges in her life around and has built this now um, burgeoning publishing empire. I'm going to call it an empire. I don't know if Kate calls it an empire, but I think it's an empire. Empire is a good word. <laughs> you know, I think we should, we should all find a way. That should be like the word of the day, right? And find a way. It's the word of the week. Find a way to in, incorporate the word empire, referring to yourself, at least one once a day for the next week. I like it. I like yeah. it. We so all have a growing with empire. that, and no further ado, um, Kate, how are you? Uh, well, I'm amazing, and yes, I'm you are. Here, right? like, I'm I like that. I'm amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I want in on this conversation. I don't want to be backstage. I, I, I'm listening to you about the marriage, and I'm thinking, yes, grace, forgiveness. Also, I'd add to that is saying I'm sorry, yeah. that has been the biggest game changer. I didn't grow up in, um, in a family where people said I'm sorry um, because for whatever reason, there is no because, right? So I didn't know how to say I was sorry to my husband. So now when we fight, I can actually be the first to apologize, right? And that was huge, right? So I'm listening Is, is there a rush to, to that to see, see who says I'm sorry first? It's like it's a competition, right? <laughs> Right, right, yeah. Well, does the one who says I'm sorry first, is that like, does that shut down the argument? That, and that person win? wins. The person that you who win? says I'm yeah. sorry okay. first wins. The first person, okay. It's like, I overreacted. If I'm not gonna be worrying about this in five minutes, five days, five months or five years, why are we even still discussing it, right? Which is 99.9% .9 of what we argue, anyone argues about, right? Like right, it doesn't yeah, right. matter in five years from now. So what are we doing wasting time, right? Yeah, I love it. Good. I like that. Point number one, mindset. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but what, what would you call that? Prioritizing or is it just letting go? What, what category of personal development does that fall under? So Greer, for me, I think that that's uh, a level of self-awareness that you okay, can let okay. go of your ego and recognize when you are having a human ego moment that really does not add to how you actually want to have this relationship with another human being, right? I don't desire to be at odds with my husband ultimately, right? But there are moments when we are. But if I can take my ego out of it and say, ultimately, I want to be at peace with you and in harmony. So now I am self-aware of the fact that I have taken us out of that, right? And now I'm going to apologize and say, I'm sorry that I overreacted to put us back into that harmony. So that's how that's I would good. do that. Okay. I like that. I so let's talk a little bit about you, Ms. Butler. Tell us, tell us, tell our audience sort of who you are and how you got to where you are. Sure, absolutely. And, and I just want to thank both of you for the opportunity to be here. Um, I'm really happy to be spending time with both of you today. Uh, Whitney, I've been had the pleasure of getting to know over the past six months. Uh, Greer, we're newer to our relationship, but just really happy to, to be connecting with both of you. And as I was listening to you, Greer, with the, you know, shifting of children being in your life, right? And then how that changes things. And then th that's going to lend to my story. Um, but before I get there, I'll, I'll just kind of start off by saying that um, 
it's so hard. Like, who are you? What do you do? Right? Like what I do is I'm an author and a publisher, you know, but who I am is somebody who loves to promote other people. I love to give women the space to share their own stories. I love to promote other women and following their life's passions. Um, and I do that a lot through books, right? Through them starting their own online virtual businesses. Um, and I absolutely live my life helping other people live their passions and live out their life's personal mission. Like that is the essence of who I am, right? I love that. And it is one of those things where if I, if, if I had thought of it before you said it, I would have said that about myself. <laughs> you know, um, Whitney, I don't know if you would agree or not, but as we're on the eighth book in our Inspired Impact book series, um, and, you know, so there's, a, there's 30 women per book at this point, you know, there's hundreds of us. And Whitney, they're they're all like us, right? Like for the most part, you know, I mean, it's amazing the people that get attracted to share their story and be part of the book series. I can say that about, you know, probably almost everyone I think of in our series, right? It's all just people who are cheering on others to live yes. their, their greatest life purpose. Yes. And it's the neatest thing. It's the neatest thing. So I can absolutely understand that you would say that about yourself. It makes, and, it makes and, perfect sense to me. And that makes sense. I mean, you call it an inspiring inspiring impact series so it it has to be necessarily that so yeah so, so how did you it come to this place where you are creating this you have created this platform for women to to be able to inspire others right yes thank you for the question i love this question um when Greer was talking earlier about, you know, um, her son coming home and how her, you know, life routine had changed based on, how, you know, kids being there and um, not, uh, I was thinking that's exactly really the essence of my story is that how, how drastically my life, my life shifted and changed when I had children and how my routine, right, uh, changed so much. But before we get to that point, I think one of the most pivotal moments of my life uh, was when I was about 20, I was not about, I was 27 years old. Um, and uh, I remember driving home from work one day, I was in a very high stressed sales position. Um, you know, I graduated college, I drove cross country living from the on the East Coast, I wanted to live in California, I packed up everything that could fit in my car, using trash bags, because they fit more clothes than suitcases, <laughs> <laughs> and shoved them all into every nook and cranny you can think of. And I drove cross country to California. And I drove up and down the coast until I found a town that I wanted to live in. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a place to live. I just went because I wow. knew. Um, Where did you end up? I, I ended up in Orange County. And I always say that if I went so so far as to San Diego, I probably never would have come back to the East Coast, which is where we live now. Um, but I ended up in um, Orange County. I bounced around between Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, that type of thing. 
I thought to myself, if I'm going to live in California, it's going to be near the water, right? Like, right. I mean, right. Yeah, otherwise I might as well be anywhere. Um, so anyway, um, so that's where I was. And I, I ended up falling upon, you know, this amazing job. It was in staffing and recruiting, but the, the, beauty of the job was that I got paid for how hard I worked, right? Like mm. at the essence of who I am, like I love, I'm a, I'm a results driven person, right? Like I am a producer. Um, and I got a first job in marketing. I thought to myself, Oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be in marketing. It's going to be like, you know, just so exciting and fun. And I, I saw all these people working so hard, not making any money. And I went, Oh, this isn't for me. I got to go. <laughs> so, so then I got, I said, I just want to get a sales job where I can get paid for how much, how hard I work. And that is exactly what I did. And I, I found this job and by 25 years old, which was, only one year into that job, I was running a multi-million dollar office for this company. So I really kind of took the fast track in corporate very, very quickly. And I never went backwards from there. Um, so I was with this same company um, and they had transferred me back to the East Coast by this time um, when I was driving home from work that day. Um, and by now I had um, about eight offices under me uh, covering three different states. And it was, you know, you know, one office stress times eight now. And, you know, I'm still only about, 20, I'm 27 years old, right? Not, not, <laughs> not that full of wisdom at the time to know how to deal with my stress level. And I got to the point where my chest hurt so bad. I was not able to breathe. I pulled over to the side of the road just in time to um, blackout. And I mm. come to at the side of the road and say, what the hell just happened to me? Um, and I immediately called my parents and I kind of went over what happened and they said, well, you do realize that our family has an extensive history of heart condition. And it didn't occur to me at that time, nor do I think I'm, I think I'm invincible at this age. Right. Um, and so I went, okay. So I make an appointment that I immediately get in based on our family history to the same doctor that my family uses. I get in, they do the EKG. They go, you immediately like, don't even leave the office. Like, do not stop. Do not pass go. Like whatever it is, like wow. you go right to the stress test on the stress test. They go, okay, you need to go right to the, you know, whatever set the next test was. So immediately I do all of the testing and they say, we have a real problem here. You have to go to a specialist. Um, so within a couple of days, I'm at the specialist's office, which, uh, was the university of Penn, which is a phenomenal hospital here in Philadelphia. Um, and they say, you, you have a certain heart condition where, you know, if you ever heard of those like really healthy uh, athletes, right, in college and they just drop dead on the field, it's because their heart beats too much too fast and it explodes and they just literally are gone. Even though it's, there was no indication whatsoever that this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. That's what you have. So basically what we're saying is that we need to get you into surgery as soon as possible. We're going to do our best, but we just don't know what's going to happen between now and then. Right. Wow. And you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going through testing. Like that was the last thing I expected to hear. Um, and so I came home to, uh, I was living with my, my best, who's still my best friend at the time, uh, or still my best friend, but I was living with her at the time. And I remember coming home and she had friends over and she could just see it all over my face. She said, what's wrong? And, you know, they, I remember specifically, they were planning the weekend where they were going to go out to dinner, the conversation shifted to what concerts they wanted to visit the summer. And I just lost it. I just, I could go back there right now. And it's, 
I just was thinking to myself, you know, wow, you know, time is such an interesting thing, right? When you can be put in a position where I don't even know if I make it to Friday night when you guys are all going out to dinner. So that moment shifted everything for me. It completely changed the way that I viewed time, you know, the way that I viewed the decisions in my life, the way that I viewed my goals and my dreams. And I just knew that regardless of whether it was a few days, a few months or a few years, that there was no time to waste. You know, one of my favorite mottos from then and even until today, is like, your time is now. Your time is right now. And I was shown that right? Like I was showing that through this gift that I was given. It didn't seem like a gift at the time, but it truly was a gift to me that God was showing me this window into you have big things to do. And there isn't one single moment to waste. And so I obviously am still here. I did have the surgery. Um, and I remember when the doctor pulled me out of the surgery and she said, um, you know, we fixed your heart. And I remember thinking to myself in that moment, I went, wow, she just has no idea that it wasn't my physical heart that was the only thing that needed to be fixed, right? Like my priorities in life needed to be fixed. I was so driven. I was so career oriented. Like that was where I spent all of my time. And I just remember thinking to myself, everything changes from this moment on, right? So then over the next seven years, I do all the things, right? I ended up getting married. Now I know that the reason I went to California was that's actually where I met my husband. And we both moved back to the East Coast together, right? So looking back, I can connect the dots of why God was leading me there. And so we come back to the East Coast. So now we get engaged after that. We get married after that. We buy our first home after that have our first child after that. We have our second child after that. And I think I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing with my precious time, right? Like I'm doing all the right things, right? You know, like these were all the dreams I thought I wanted. Like these were all the things I, 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 I wasn't spending so much time with work anymore and so on and so forth. And I remember walking up the steps to put my daughter on for a nap one day. And she had one of those toddler beds. So it's real close to the ground, right? But I, she still liked me to rub her back, you know, like as I would put her in for her nap. So I was like kneeling on the ground next to her and I was just like rubbing her back in the bed and she fell asleep. And I remember I'm on the floor of the, it was the nursery, you know, cause it was still just a toddler bed. We turned the, the crib into that bed. And I'm on the floor of that nursery on my knees. And I remember I could not pick myself up. I was still there, she's sleeping, sound asleep, and I can't bring myself to stand up. And I just went, oh my God, what am I doing here? Like, I'm, I'm looking all around and I have the house and the healthy children and I love my husband, but I can't pick myself up and walk down the steps to the monotony of that life for one more second. I just couldn't bring myself to get up. And so I just did whatever I could do in that moment, which was just ask God, like, please just show me, tell me like, what, what do I need to do? And what I remember hearing, but more so feeling in that moment was that you have to find yourself. Like you have to find your purpose 
because their journey is their journey, right? Like my kids, like my husband's journey is my husband's journey. And you can be connected to these journeys, but you have to have your own journey in this moment, in this life, right? Like you've been given this gift and you know how crucial the time is. And so you have to find your own purpose. And I got up and I went, oh man, okay, wow. Walked down the steps. I had the home office at the time. I was still in recruiting. I clear off my whole desk and I said, if you could do anything, what would it be? And that's when I started writing. I started journaling. I started writing. And I said, I want my children to know how I look at life, which was always, always very different than anyone else I knew. When I was a kid, I would run out to the mailbox to get the free magazines that would come like flyers and stuff. And I would create like a dream book, which now I know is more like a vision board, but that wasn't language back then. Like nobody knew what that was, but I would take those binders that had like the, the page, the, the clear pages and I would stick in pictures and I would look through all these things. I had pictures of California in there, of course, and all the other things that I wanted to do and see. And I would do this as a kid, like kid, they're all out playing tag and I'm in there making dream books. Like <laughs> what in the world, you know? But I always viewed the world very different. And so I said, I, my kids are babies at this time, right? You know, so I said, I want them to know that here I am a heart condition. I'm getting, talking to God now for my knees in the nursery, right? Like, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen next. So I need, I need to write this down. I need to capture this for my children. And I wrote my first children's book. And it was called More Than Mud. And it's about making muddy moments magical. Like all those moments in life that people consider to be muddy moments, right? Um, how can we look at this from a different way and say, how can I make this a magical moment? And the, the title comes from the character Maggie Mudd in the book. She is outside playing in the, in the mud in her galoshes and her raincoat. And she comes in head to toe. She's completely covered in this mud. And she walks in and she has this look on her face because her mom meets her at the door. And she thinks she's going to be in trouble because she's filthy. And her mom looks at her and says, I saw you playing outside, right? I saw your creativity. I saw your imagination. I saw you flourishing, right? I see more than mud. That's where the title comes from. <coughs> and it, I wanted my kids to know that, right? Like we're here to live. We are here to live. And that book stayed on the bestseller charts for over a hundred weeks straight. And that led us into writing additional children's books that were all bestsellers, but the people who buy children's books are moms or women. And they would contact me and say, this is a great book, but I feel like I'm getting more out of it than my kid is. So do you do anything for adults? And I went, yes, let's do it. So that's when I started success coaching and I started women's retreats and I started live events. And when women's lives were transforming through these mindset tools and tips that we would discuss in, in the coaching, their lives change. And, and what happens the first thing when your life changes? You want to share it with everybody that you know, right. because you want to create that ripple effect in the world. So now all of a sudden I had this group of women who had these extraordinary stories that want to share, but nobody wanted to learn how to write a book. Cause let me tell you, it is not easy. <laughs> it is not easy. Um, and so I said, listen, I have a team that already does that. I have a team of editors and publishers and I know how to do it. Cause I've been now doing this for the last like three to four years. And I've I've done all of the trials and errors. So what if my team did it and all you had to do is write your story from your heart? Would that be something that interested you? And they all went, yes. And that's where our first book, Women Who Ignite, came from. That's where it started. And then as we were marketing this book, it wasn't even available for purchase yet. 
we were marketing it, telling people, hey, it's going to be available on this date. I had women reaching out saying, how do I become a part of your next book? And I went, what's the next, what next book, right? <laughs> I, had to have, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say that I had to have multiple people ask me that before, before I went, oh, you ding dong, you need to do another book. <laughs> Everyone thinks I had this like beautiful strategic plan, like forward thinking about this whole series. No, I thought it was going to be one book. It was going to be fun and beautiful. And it turned into this right now, eight books later. Um, it was very organic, as you can see. But that's, that's where you mentioned, Whitney, like where does your platform come from? How did it start? It started with me falling to my knees. <laughs> it started with me saying at 27, I will never waste a moment, right, of this life. And then... I'm on my knees saying, wow, I failed at everything I set out to do because nowhere in this life am I showing up for myself. I'm showing up for my husband and my job and my kids and my family, but there's nowhere in this life that represents me, the essence of me, right? And so- Well, Kate, Kate yeah. let, me ask, let me ask you this. Um, because as you talk about, you know, as you tell your story and it's an incredible one and I'm like so riveted, right? By each step and, and then what happened? And then what happened? But as you tell the story, you don't really talk about anything that you gave up, right? Like that sense of self, you know, oh, I, when I was young, I was like so into, I don't know, horseback riding, or I was this, or I was, other than making your vision board binders. What, what if anything, were you, let me, re, let me rephrase that. We talk about finding ourselves. Had you lost yourself or had you never known who you were? Had you never really realized who you were when you were a little younger? Well, I think, I, I think it's uh, to your point, two questions. And um, the, I don't know that I gave up anything, but there's something that I've never really had. Um, and well, I shouldn't say never, but I would say it's rare. I would say it's rare. Um, and that is like really true understanding connections with others. It's very rare because I do things very, very different than most people. I didn't want to be out playing tag with the other kids because the things they were talking about didn't interest me. Like I wanted to talk about like, what do you dream about? And kids didn't want to talk about that kind of thing, right? So I didn't give up friendships, but I never really um, had a, a deep level of connection to the extent that it's probably easier for most people when they're not trying to go deep right away. Like I'm incapable of small talk. It doesn't happen in my world, right? So I have very few friends who just need to get there and just can go deep with me right away. Um, so I didn't give up, but it is different. Um, now, as far as finding myself, I think that every step along the way, I can see how I found myself a little bit more. Um, you know, so I was a kid doing vision books. Yes. When I got to college, I did have a vision board up. I had the map of California and that little string that was going to be my path. And people would walk in and go, what, what is all this? Right. Look like the serial killer, right? From the, from the street. Yeah, <laughs> That's like, exactly what I'm yeah. visualizing the string and the air circles and arrows. <laughs> You know, so again, very different. Most people not doing that type of thing. Um, and so I definitely always felt like an outsider. I definitely, most of my life uh, felt like I didn't belong. Um, and through that, really trying to find myself. And it was always like this balancing act between like, 
do I just like fit in just to fit in and make it easy, you know, or do I really stay true to who I am, which puts me at a disadvantage right at that point in my life when I'm like a teen and in my twenties and like when everybody's doing all these other things and, and I'm not really into the same things until I found my tribe much later in life. Right. Um, and so it was a balancing act between find, you know, do I really want to make this commitment to find myself, um, or not? Like when I was in my twenties, there wasn't this language around like life purpose and finding yourself and like, you know, being aligned with your higher power. Like, I mean, I learned all that much later on in life. Um, and so it, I would say that I, I always kind of knew it was in there, but it was definitely a journey of finding myself step-by-step step along the way. How did it impact your family when you had this epiphanous moment and you're like, you know what? you know, where's my desk and sweep everything off. And how can I reimagine my life? Right. And like you said, I've got my journey, they've got their journeys and those journeys can be connected. But all of a sudden, what you, what you describe for a lot of people is, um, would be major, right? It is like, oh, that's, <laughs> You know, you're just, I mean, we have a family. You can't just go off and how did they, your children were how old? To Make no mistake about it. It was major. <laughs> okay. Oh, it was okay. major. <laughs> they, it wasn't like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you do you. I, I it's like, well, what's for dinner? <laughs> I had a toddler and an infant. I mean, it was major. Okay. And so I, I owned my own staffing and recruiting company at the time. Okay. So I had left corporate when I had children and I started my own company in staffing and recruiting. This is how major it was, Whitney and Greer. Uh, we emptied out my 401k to start that business. Like we, had, we, we didn't have any, we weren't in a position. We had just bought a new house. We were growing into our mortgage. Don't you love that term? We had two babies, right? And, um, you know, we were not in a position for me to leave my well into six figures corporate job for me to become a stay-at-home mom and begin to start my own company, right? Like, um we just weren't, but I did it anyway. And so now imagine me sweeping that company off of my desk and saying, it's, it's not my life purpose. That's what I said to my husband. It's not my life purpose. He went, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> right? Like, uh, okay. But do you have to, you know, so it was that kind of uh, conversation. And I just said, I have to do this. So what I will tell you is I didn't completely give it up. Right. But I went on the book journey and I started to step away from the staffing and recruiting. Um, and then I did have to get to that point where I took the leap, right? I wasn't, I didn't have a business of books quite yet like I do now, but I was never going to have that unless I went all in. So yeah. there became that point in the road where I said, I have to take a leap of faith because I know I'm not put on this earth. Now, some people are, and some people are the best recruiters out there and that's amazing for them, but I was not put on this earth to be the owner of a staffing and recruiting company. And when I was really honest with myself about that, and this is where I can say, by this point, I do know myself enough to know this. Um, I sold that company and went all in with the books um, and the coaching. And that was where I took my big leap of faith. And it wasn't amazing at first. I mean, it was the way it felt, but on the out, out on the out, like, you know, the money didn't show it, right? Like the bank account didn't reflect <laughs> that, but I stayed committed, you know. But you started incrementally. 
right? And I, and I guess what I'm, that everybody's journey is gonna be different, but if people are listening and find themselves in that place, so they really want to be doing something different. They know that there's a higher purpose for their lives. They know that, that their passion lies elsewhere, but the very real, you know, implications, you know, are we really gonna give up a salary or the benefits, you know, and the benefits can be just as, as important or lucrative as the, as the salary, especially healthcare and things like that. Um, you know, so you're not necessarily saying, you know what, toss caution to the wind, jump out there, do whatever and let it all go. In your case, and again, it would be different for everyone, but in your case, you were like, okay, let me dial this back, let me step this up until you got to a point 50-50 or wherever you were on that spectrum where you said, I've got enough security with this new thing that I'm willing to give up this, old, this other thing because I know that I can't make the new thing 100% until I, you know, there's only so much that you have to give, right? Was that so pretty much how it went? I love what you say there. And, and what I will be completely transparent about what, was that it wasn't the security that I needed to see. It was the potential. Okay. Because the security wasn't there quite yet when I took the lead. Yeah. Like I couldn't see it in my account yet, right, yeah. to pay the electric bill. <laughs> like it wasn't you, there I yet. mean, you were at a point that you were like, okay, if I'm, if I, be, because of the potential, if I, I can do this. I can see okay. the potential. And I, I felt for the first time in my life, like this is exactly what I should be doing. Like I had never been lit up in that way before when it came to anything I did for work, right? Um, and so I went, this is, this is just it. This is just it. And if we, and I have to change my entire lifestyle to just do this, then I will. It doesn't matter to me because I'm fulfilled in, in a way that I've never been before. None of this stuff, Matt, like that was what it was. Like none of this stuff that this six figure, you know, salary was providing, like none of that really meant anything to me when I understood what it was like to be happy from the inside out, which I had never felt before this time. In, in, my life. in hindsight, do you think that you were depressed or sad or just unfulfilled? How would you describe yourself emotionally in hindsight? Um, maybe at the time you didn't realize, but looking back. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I think that, well, I can take that from probably like the, the, the couple years um, like leading into that, right? Because when I was in my 20s, like, I don't think I was conscious enough to have even had, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't quite involved enough or conscious enough um, to say, am I completely fulfilled or not? Um, but um, it was, yeah, I would say that I, I was not completely fulfilled and that I was searching, continuing to be searching for something that, that made me fulfilled. Um, I would say I wasn't, I, I don't know that I was depressed per se, um, but I will say that my happiness was connected to, to everything that was outside of myself. So mm. if my husband had a great day at work and he came home, I had a great night. If my husband had a bad day at work and he came home, I would immediately match in his mood. And then I would have a bad night because my husband had a bad night. And then that was what it was. So my half, if my kids had a bad day and they were crying all day, I was like, oh, it's such a stressful day. And my kids are a mess today, blah, blah, blah. Like everything <laughs> was connected to outside of yeah. myself, right? 
Yeah. Where now I can just be like, nope, I'm good. Like, I'm so, I'm sorry about your day. I'm not, I, I still have compassion for your day, but also I know who I am and I'm grounded in my own emotional awareness enough to know that it doesn't have to alter me, right? Because one of your employees didn't show up today. Like I'm still good, right? That was a difference. And was that mindset shift just a outgrowth or an outcome of the journey itself? Or was there something that maybe at some moment specifically triggered you having that knowing? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there was a moment, it was a moment of, it was a weekend of moments. Um, I decided to attend a women's retreat in Sedona. And uh, one of my friends invited me to go and I went, hold on, let me get this straight. Um, it's $4,000 to attend this women's retreat and I have to pay for my flight and I have to pay for my hotel and I have to pay to eat when I go there. So where's my $4,000 going? I'm so confused. Like I didn't know anything about any of this at this time. Um, and so, and now it's funny because it's like part of my business, which is hilarious. But at the time I went, you are crazy. Wait, hold on. I'm going to go to Sedona, California. I'm going to sit around a campfire with a whole bunch of women. I don't know. We're going to write in our journals and then talk about our feelings. You have lost your mind. I was like, this is insane. And then I couldn't get it out of my mind. I kept coming back to the email. I kept getting pulled to read more about it. I went, what is going on here? And then eventually I went into the kitchen. I told my husband, I have to go to this. I don't know why, but I have to go. And we didn't have the money for it. We charged it. Probably two, I, I, two credit cards coming together. Like, I mean, it was nuts. If the hotel went on one credit card, the airline went on another credit card. I mean, it was just, it was a, beyond a stretch. Like we didn't have it. Um, and so when I went to that Sedona retreat, the person hosting the retreat what her name was Patty Aubrey and she is the uh, president of the of Jack Canfield companies um, and president of what was the chicken soup for the soul companies um, well I didn't know who she was um, and I, I didn't for actually probably about half the time we were there and then people started talking about Jack like first name like Oprah and I went who is Jack and then they went Jack Canfield and I went who is Jack Canfield I had no clue and they went the success principles and I went still lost on me like no clue I'm like such a newbie now so so green at this point and they went chicken soup for the soul <laughs> I went oh I read those in college I gotcha okay now I get it. She, they said well this is the president of his companies and I went oh that's uh that's amazing so it, I mean we became really good friends and the mindset that was taught during that retreat was the shifting moment I was a good student. I went home and I did every single thing she told me to do. And, you know, that was really doing those things allowed me to not only, um, I mean, everything transformed, everything transformed based on that. So I'm going to share a funny story in a, in a moment, because it's, as you're telling the story about meeting Patty, um, it reminds me of something, but without selling what she had at her retreat, what were some of the nuggets that you got or a step or two from the six that you wrote down that helped you to make this shift? Um, 
So the first thing, uh, Teresa Huggins was her co-partner um, for this retreat. Um, Teresa, and, and I'll tell you that I would say most of the women who were at this retreat, which was now about eight plus, maybe eight, nine years ago, uh, also, we're all still connected, very good friends, uh, have done collaborations and different things together. I mean, just, it was one of those just magical life moments of inception of souls that just, it was locked in forever. Really a beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, what was taught was number one meditation, which I was not really, um, doing before to say, to say I was, yeah, not, not an expert to say the least. Uh, so meditation was the first thing, um, claiming intention, you know, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, right. But, um, you know, claiming intention was another thing. Um, it, believing that it's all possible, you know, was really the next thing, like, not just saying like, what are your goals, right? Goals are very important, but, uh, generally goals are what you feel like is within your reach what do you feel like is beyond your reach, right? Like at that point, being an author, you know, like, uh, you know, or, you know, doing this, creating this platform, right? Um, publishing other people to tell their story. Like that was completely out of my reach. Like no possible way that's me, right? Um, how would I even go about doing that? You know, like that kind of stuff. So it was about expanding this mindset um, beyond your wildest expectations. Um, so that, that was a big part of it too. Um, and then, you know, th there was a lot of other things, you know, remaining in your zone of genius, like delegating every single thing that isn't with, that isn't within your, um, exact brilliance, right? Like, you know, different things like that. So there was so much. So, so here's the, the funny thing you're, you're telling the story and, I get to tell my story is backwards, right? So um, I met someone who introduced me to Jack and Jack, through Jack, I, I meet Patty. And through Patty, they're talking about this person, Kate. And first name, Kate, just one name, Kate. <laughs> you are, you like, are kidding who, me. Who's Kate? Who's, who's Kate? Who's the, and everybody knows Kate. And then here you are. So, and then I get to meet you through Patty, right? And, you know, I don't know, eight months ago. So, and I get to so. meet Kate through Whitney. <laughs> it's like six degrees of separation. So just know that you have reached one name status as well. So that is hilarious. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that story. Oh my goodness. That's really so, I have a I have a question. Out. And Whitney, I think you and I are both one name, like Whitney and Greer. I think that, first of all, the names are just so unique, right? So I think we're 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 up there. To I'll, claim share. I'll claim that. I'll claim that Madonna the empire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as you build your empire. Um, so you know, I have a question. I want to talk a little bit about this. Um, the the sort of what's beyond reach and, and having a vision or having a, um, I don't know if that's a vision, if it's goals beyond goals, um, which I guess Whitney, you might also want to talk about right? beyond goals. But, um, you know, I wrote, I wrote a book, I too wrote a book, right? So I wrote a book, it's called Sucker Moms. And when I wrote it, it's really about my experience as a mother and some fun like anecdotal stories and some sort of lighthearted advice and that sort of thing. 
love it. But I never, when I wrote it, you know, of course you have visions of what it could be, but I never really sat down and mapped out a plan of what it could be or should be. I have since come up with other things. I was like, oh, I could do this. And I'm not gonna get into all the things that I now think it could be. Um, and then a few days ago, like within the last week, somebody suggested another avenue, right? It's like, oh, why don't you write this kind of a book or write this as it's like, you know? So all of a sudden it's like, wow, there's a whole world of possibilities out there and I should explore those. But then I, you know, and I think back to when you said, when you wrote your book, you didn't have a grand plan, right? You did not map out. So my question is sort of, should you, ideally, would you map it out or are you better off just doing the thing, right? Don't let the big grand plan slow you down and then wait back and see what, not wait back, but then just see what happens, see what doors open and what feels right, what, order would you put things in in yeah, an ideal world yeah if you had it to all all to do over again first of all <laughs> if somebody had told me all that it took to do all this I, I i'm just not quite sure i would i would be here i can tell you that man that's why they only show you one step at a time i'm gonna just okay. tell you that right now that is exactly why that gps i think that's brilliant that's great advice i mean if that's yeah. you know there's a reason that there's you know, that steps go in order. That's exactly <laughs> right. If they had shown okay. me all, if they had shown me my first batch of children's book showing up with all the pages stuck together, if they had shown me that, if I had known that was going to happen, oh, all the roadblocks, all the failures along the way, right? Like they don't show you that kind of stuff, but then you're in so deep, you have to keep going. You don't have to, but if you're one of us, if you're listening to this podcast, then you're, you're going to keep going. Right. Yeah. So how I see it, Greer uh, and Whitney here, is that first of all, you know, you can't always plan every step of the way because you don't know what you don't know. Um, so you get the greatest vision you can. You get yourself around people like Whitney and around people like Greer who are big thinkers doing big things up to even bigger things in life. And then you start to expand your mindset and your vision, right? So, you know, I got myself into a place where I started to think bigger and begin to understand that there could be bigger possibilities out there for me, even though I really didn't even know the steps that it would take. So it'd be impossible for me to strategically plan all those steps because I didn't know what it was going to take to get me there. But I did know that I had a bigger dream and I was open to it consistently expanding. That was, that was another thing. Um, I do believe that dreams are attached to one another. So when you might say, um, okay, well, I'm going to let go of the dream of being an entrepreneur, right? Because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. That's why I started my staffing recruiting company. I wanted to be home with my kids and have a lucrative business from home, a flexibility and all that. And then I said, okay, but it's not fulfilling me. It's not making me happy. So I'm going to have to do these books. I, I didn't look at it as a business, right? But my dreams are attached. So I was fulfilling my dream of, of writing books. So, you know, 
inspirational books for children. Uh, and then all of a sudden that started to evolve. And then I did get my dream of being an entrepreneur from home, right? But it came in a different way that I, I never, ever expected it. You know, so dreams come together and you might give up one dream, right? But it's going to come back to you in a different way. And it's probably better than you ever expected. But what I did along the way, even if I didn't take it step by step and I didn't have the goal and I didn't know all of the exact things to do, but what I consistently did every single day was take inspired action. During meditation, I would ask, what do I need to do next? Like, what, what, what would you have me do today? You know, who would you have me serve today? How would you have me show up today? And I would do it. What, what I was shared, what I was told to do, whatever I was guided to. And sometimes I, I would get nothing, but then I would open up an email and I'd be like, okay, that's my God wink for the day. Thank you. Right. Or I get a call from a friend or I get a Facebook messenger and I would say, okay, like I followed it. So I didn't always know what it was going to look like, but I always took that inspired action and it was, you know, one or a few steps at a time. You know, Greer, I like your question and Kate, I like your answer. Um, It's interesting because I had this conversation with a client yesterday uh, who has started a law firm and, you know, she's, she's concerned about the plan. And I think Whitney a few years ago would have been like, you can't move forward without a plan, but I think you can do the thing while you are mapping out the plan. So you can, you can actually do both. You have to take some action. And, and we've talked about this before, and this is a, a Jack Canfield ism um, and it's ready fire aim, right? And which is to take that inspired action and then make adjustments as you need to, as you are putting together a plan. And whether one needs a grand plan um, or just a plan, you know, is debatable. And then in the end, I think you have to do, or one has to do what works for them, you know, and asking those questions, being curious. And I love that, you know, asking, what do I need to do today? And, um, and then making the time and the space to actually listen and then pay attention because it may not come during meditation or prayer. It may come, like you said, opening up an email or when you're out at the grocery store. And, but you'll get that if you're open to seeing and hearing what it is you're supposed to do next. And, you know, Whitney, to, to that point, I think the single thing that I hear more often from more people across the board is that they didn't do they it's it's the um perfection being the enemy of yes yes right it's like i don't know how to do it or i haven't done it or it's not perfect i don't have a plan just right or i haven't mapped it out or whatever it it is yeah you know i don't have the education i don't have the whatever it is that you think you need and there's always more that you need so they never get around to doing the thing, the opportunity yeah. passes or they get old, they die, whatever, right? And, it's, and, and I think if there's anything that I've learned through my journey, it's to just do it. I mean, just you do know, it. Nike, I mean, Nike took that, you know, I think, I think Nike took that from me because I think I said it first, but you know, but they just did it, right? They, and they, and that's they the just point. did it, they, they took it, it from me. And you had it in your head. 
I had it, but it's, it is, you, you really do, whether it's writing a book, a blogging, a podcast, I wrote a book, you've written, I didn't know about writing a book, right? <laughs> or having a baby. I never birthed no babies. I, you know, it's like, I never, you know, there are all kinds of things we don't know how to do. And we do. Sometimes you just take a chance and do it. Sometimes it's thrust upon you and you rise to the occasion. I mean, you know, but I know if I had a dollar for every person that I know who would love to leave their day job today, right, and, and do what, follow their passion, I could probably leave my day job. Well, <laughs> you could send them to me. I have enough money. You could send them to me. I will give you a referral fee and then you could leave your day job. So, well, and, and then there's that. But, you know, but that, that's what holds people back yeah. a lot of times. So I like that taking, taking inspired action. You have to have at least some level of a vision so that you can at least know which direction to go. And as you start to take those steps, it's each day or moment or hour or year or whatever, just get closer in at least in the path toward where you wanna go, where you wanna be. That's good. So Kate, you know, I want to um, wrap this up talking about the book that's coming out and your series in general and opportunities um, for others, for other women, because you don't have a men's series at the moment, as far as I know, although maybe if enough men asked you, maybe you would, right? <laughs> um, how other women who would be interested in telling their story and being a part of what you're doing, how they would be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Whitney. Um, you know, what we say is our, our most, uh, the most important thing that we look for is that someone has a clear intention as to why they want to write their story and share their story with the masses. And we look for people who have an intention of wanting to help heal or inspire someone. And so if someone has a story to share that they feel like is going to create that ripple effect, doing something like that for others, that's someone that we wanna have a conversation with. Um, there are different ways and different levels to become part of our program. And we really do our best to make it accessible to everyone. Um, so the primary thing that we look for is someone who has a story that is really going to positively impact um, someone else out there who needs to hear that story. Um, and so how they can be a part of it is, is uh, simply just reaching out to me, my team, you know, on social or email, whatever that looks like. Um, and let's have a discussion about your story, right? Let's see what that looks like. And, you know, that, that really is the best way. Um, all the information is right on my website at katebutlerbooks.com. I play the most on Facebook. It's all under Kate Butler, Kate Butler Books. Um, and, you know, we're here, we're accessible. Like our dream is to connect with people who have a desire to become a published author and want to share their story with the world to make the world a better place. Kate, just, I love your energy, Kate. And you're, first of all, you look like you should be in California. You look like the quintessential California girl. And I think the Beach Boys are probably, you know, singing about you, um, you know. It's my hot thing <laughs> <game> today. <laughs> so that you don't look like an East Coaster at all. Um, 
but no, I, I'm very, um, in, you know, I'm just, I'm inspired by the idea of, you know, and sort of taking it back to, to lemons and lemon drops, right? And the just not, not being, recognizing, having that moment where you recognize that you are not all that you could be, or you are not living up to, whether it's living up to your full potential or living authentically or living your dream or living in a way that serves your heart. And, you know, and then to have the, the courage, the, um, especially when you're with other people or other people are involved in your decision-making and to, to, to have the ability to, to recognize sort of what path you want to go in and then the courage to explore that is, I, I just find that to be very inspirational and you know, the fact that you're here, you know, in, just in your life, that's what you share. And then that you would come to Life Lemons and Lemon Drops and share it with our audience is, I, it's just very inspiring, which is what you do, right? <laughs> that's, and that's, that's the whole, uh, you know, that's your whole stick, right? So it's like having, you know, making an impact where it matters most is, is, again, just such an, an amazing calling. And I'm just really happy that you chose to, to come to us and, and share you. that with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm honored to be here um, having this conversation uh, with both of you. And, you know, if there's one person out there listening that wanted needed to hear this today, you know, for whatever reason, um, yeah. I'm always more than grateful to have this opportunity to be able to have these important conversations. So thank you so much for having me today. Well, thank you. Thank and, you. And I feel like I'm the one who's most inspired. I'm like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So it's always great having people on that, you know, for us too, not just our audience, but it, it, it helps us as well. So thank you. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kate, thank you. A reminder that the book, Women Who Inspire, is available on Amazon beginning December 16th. And um, we will update the show notes at the time that the, the episode, uh, th that the book is um published once it launches we'll update the show notes to have the link for that but Kate I want to thank you so much for um, coming and joining us today it's been a pleasure working with you on women who inspire women who empower sorry <laughs> it's been a pleasure it's working to inspire <laughs> it is, Greer just kept throwing out the word inspiring inspire it has been inspirational and um, they ignite, they influence, they empower, they impact and all of got, And right. she's got a book with each of those, yeah. right? And you've got the new book that an opportunity to be a part of this with the new book um, that we'll publish in 2021, right? It is Women Who Shine. Yes. And what's real quickly, what's the, the sort of premise behind the shining part? 
Yeah, you know, 2020 was a tough year for everyone, but it's not just about 2020. It's about, you know, 2020 just really highlighting and magnifying those times in our life that are extremely challenging. And, you know, having that opportunity to find a, a moment to shine, even when things aren't what you want them to be. Right. And I think that we can all use a little bit of that, you know, in 2021. So we chose that specifically as our first title to come out because, you know, I, I just want to really honor the women who are pivoting, who are shining right now, despite everything else going on in the world. Right. Because it's, it's not just a pandemic. There's a lot of breakdown all over in the world right now. And so it's time to really shine bright and show the world that this can still be possible. So that's what Women Who Shine is all about. Great. Well, we look forward to that. But first, we've got Women Who Empower December 16th. Yes. And again, thank you so much for um, visiting with us here on Life Lemons and Lemon Drops. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you both. Thank you. Have a great Bye -bye. day, everyone. Bye. Thanks for joining us for Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com. 